And so I think what you're seeing is just how thorough Jack Smith's investigation has been and that there's no one who has seen or heard anything at Mar-a-Lago regarding these documents who is going to be um, immune from testifying if they believe they have relevant information. That was Chris Christie reacting to exclusive CNN reporting on the potential witnesses who may testify in Donald Trump's classified documents trial. Sources tell CNN the prosecutors may call several Mar-a-Lago employees to the stand, including a woodworker who installed crown molding in Trump's bedroom last year and noticed stacks of papers, a maid who cleaned Trump's suite, and a plumber who has worked at the property for years. Also, a chauffeur who was asked about powerful business people, including foreigners, who had visited the club as VIP guests. Joining us now, CNN analyst and political anchor for Spectrum News, Errol Lewis, and CNN senior legal analyst and former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, Ellie Honig. Um, Ellie, I think, first of all, this, this piece by our team is fascinating and gives a better in-depth window into what's going on mm -hmm. than I think I've seen up to this point on this case. The idea these are not political aides, these are not people that were close in Trump's orbit, what does this tell you about where prosecutors are on this? Well, the other really important thing that they're not is cooperating witnesses. They're not criminals, right? And so often, as a prosecutor, that's how you make your case. You call a criminal to the stand, the defense will attack him, you defend him. Here, they're putting their case together, and you can really see the case taking shape using normal people. I mean, I would have loved to have a woodworker as a witness when I was trying cases. I mean, I never had that luxury. And so it looks like it's going to be a combination of these people who are on the inside, as long as you have eyes and ears, you can see and hear things. You can be a witness. And then they have documents. They have video surveillance footage. And so you can really sort of see the shapes of this case taken together. I've said all along I think this is the strongest of the four cases in terms of the evidence and the match between the evidence and the laws charged here. And I think this confirms that. Errol, it's also the least likely case to be played out um, before the election, given what Judge Cannon said a couple of weeks ago. She's made it clear that she would rather see it happen after the election. Uh, on the other hand, you know, a, a lot of this is going to play out to the extent that it has any political impact at all. It's going to play out uh, as we see the evidence, as we hear the testimony, as we uh, get these witnesses uh, to, to talk about what they know and what they've seen. And that is going to sort of set the mood in a way. Uh, even if uh, the, the legal part of it is, is decided after the election, a lot of people are going to take this into account, you know? And, and like Ellie says, this is pretty easy to understand. This isn't about financial documents and whether or not you overestimated what you told the insurance company. This is about, you know, look, somebody saying, uh, a house cleaner, I came in and there was paper all over the floor. Also, right? people, isn't our reporting some people that were inside the room when Trump allegedly discussed that Iran document as well, right? And like, right, right. Yeah, what, that whether, we've heard audio of. I, I sense that this is going to be about like the mood. What was going on in Mar-a-Lago? Huh. How serious was this taken? You know, were people, was this about idle chit chat over drinks? Was this stuff that was secured in a safe or was it just laying out there for all to see? It's going to be, you know, I think really the heart of the case for the, for the government. I think you're right. And I think as, as Chris Christie said, I mean, Jack Smith is being clinical about this. I think he's going to be able to show the jury with precision where every box went, when, and who took it there. And I think that's going to be an important part of the case. I think it's such a fascinating contrast given what the former president said in an interview last night on Univision. We talk about the depth of Jack Smith's case and what they've laid out, the witnesses that they're talking to, and Trump saying this, listen something that allows the next party. I mean, if somebody, if I happen to be president and I see somebody who's doing well and beating me very badly, I say, go down and indict them. Mostly, that would be, you know, they would be out of business. They'd be out. They'd be out of the election. 
I just want to pause for a second, because one, that's not what's happening here, as we've all laid out repeatedly, as the indictment does as well. Those aren't flippant, ha-ha, funny remarks. Like, that's insane. Yes. Uh, why? T take him at his word, by the way. If he says he's going to do this, I, I believe him. If we look back at the first Trump administration, maybe it will be the only one, maybe it'll be the, the first of two, Donald Trump would often call for the prosecution of his political enemies, whether it was James Comey, Andy McCabe, he called for the prosecution of Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. But, and I can't, I'm going to defend someone like Bill Barr, who I wrote a negative book about, but Bill Barr had a line he would not cross. Bill Barr ignored those. He wasn't going to go out and indict Barack Obama or Andy McCabe. What Donald Trump's telling us here is I'm going to pick different types of people the next time around. I'm going to pick people who don't even have that line. And that, to me, is really, really dangerous. And, and Errol, just to be clear, there's no check on that, right? There's no body that is a check on that. Well, I mean, look, people can defend themselves, and they can certainly uh, try and either countersue or, you know... Sure, but I'm saying the initial act. Well, that's right. No, that's right. In fact, that's why we have to be careful about who and how we pick our presidents. I mean, this is this is real serious stuff. I mean, and you, you do have to take him at his word. Uh, you know, th this whole idea that, you know, weaponization, you know, they're, they're weaponizing the Justice Department by looking into what I did in Mar-a-Lago, a lot of that's going to fall apart, I think, when uh, these witnesses come forward. They're, they're not weapons. They're just people who, you know, sort of work at Mar-a-Lago. But the rest of us have to take very seriously the idea that Donald Trump has announced that he's going to make that the standard. That's a campaign promise that he made. He's saying, if you vote for me, this is what I'm going to do to the justice system. Yeah. Thank you both. Um, he didn't show up to the debate last night, but in a new interview with Univision, the former president reiterated his willingness to use the Department of Justice to go after his political opponents if he wins back the White House, saying, and I quote, if I happen to be president and I see somebody who's doing well and beating me very badly, I say go down and indict them, end quote. That's according to a transcript released by Univision. It's unclear to me who he thinks he'd be running against if he wins another presidential term, since he'd obviously be constitutionally barred from being elected a third time. Nevertheless, um, do you have any doubt that that's what a second term of a Trump administration would be, uh, a retribution, four years of retribution? No, I mean, he, he, he has said, I will be your retribution. And think about how different, for all the fo folks out there who are undecided about what to do with this election. Think about how different Donald Trump is in 2023 than he was in 2016. In 2016, at the convention, he said, I am your voice. Now he's saying, I am your retribution. Um, this is outrageous. And think about it. You had good folks like Bill Barr who were keeping him on the rails and, and stopping him from doing stuff like this at the Justice Department. Nobody as good and decent and honest as Bill Barr is going to agree to be Donald Trump's attorney general if he ever became president again. That's another thing voters have to think about. The fact is that 40 of his 44 cabinet-level officials have said not only wouldn't they work for him again, they wouldn't support him to be president at all again. I mean, this is incredibly damning for people who work with him every day as president, Anderson. Yeah. And so, you know, at the end of the day, um, you will see him try to do things like that. And it's only going to be the country that can stop him. When we have to stop him is right now. We can't let him get the nomination or get in front of these folks. And, you know, you mentioned him not being on the debate stage last night. It's the third time in a row. It's disgraceful. And I think he doesn't want to be there, Anderson, because he knows I'm going to be there because I've been holding him to account from the minute I got into this race. And, you are you know, anybody out there who wants me to be on that stage, go to chrischristie.com. Donate a dollar. Keep me on that debate stage because I'll be there when Donald Trump shows up, and you know I'll hold him to account. Mm -hmm.